Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bezel Banter, a podcast that covers all our favorite topics, including travel, various gear, and of course, watches. I'm Leslie. And I'm Ernesto. And today is episode 14. Uh, on this episode, we're going to talk about divers. And that's quite a fascinating topic with so much to say. But before we uh, delve into deep waters, we want to remind you all about our Q&A at the end of this month. Please submit your questions. On the 24th of February, um, we're going to answer first all the questions that we haven't had the time to address, of course. And then we're going to also answer all the ones um, that we'll be receiving. Leslie, this topic of divers is like the topic of minute repeaters for you, for me. I'm just, <laughs> <I know. laughs> I'm so excited about this particular episode. Um, but before we get started onto this topic, what are you wearing today on your wrist? Today I'm wearing my uh, Tudor Black Bay 58, uh, so the navy blue version. Fantastic. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah. What about you? I am wearing my Seiko SLA 017, which is the uh, 2017 reissue of the 62 Moss, the first Seiko diver that ever came out. Nice. So yeah, very appropriate too. Thank you very much. So on to this topic of divers, we figured that we would um, talk a little bit about divers from our perspective, maybe give a little bit of history about what we've learned about divers, and then also kind of share with you our thoughts about some of the divers on the market. Mm-hmm. So Leslie, as far as the history of divers, I'm sure many of you all have read different things about how this all started. But, you know, for me, what I've discovered is in 1953, there were three watch companies out there, Blancpain, Rolex, and Zodiac. These three were the guys that really started off with the dive watches into the market. And it all started with that rotating bezel. But a little trivia before we go into some of that history was there was a Commander Robert Malombier, and in 1952, he was part of the French Special Forces Combat Swimmers. He was tasked to design the purpose-built dive watch that we know today, and it was supposed to be uh, tested to 50 fathoms, which is about 92 feet, I believe. And so when this commander was tasked, he developed this watch in a year before all these manufacturers came out. So nice. I thought that, that was kind of interesting. Bit that was of really cool. Those damn French, they're everywhere. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Viva la France. <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't know that at all. That's really cool. Yeah. And so when I think about a diver's watch, I, I think back on that ISO 6425 mm-hmm. certification. And one of the things that I looked up was the criteria of becoming a diver. Mm. And so some of the things that were part of that criteria included like water resistance. So there was a condensation torture test, basically. And what they would do is they would take the watch, they would submerse it, um, and they would submerse the watch for like, I think it was like 50 hours. And so at least a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And then they would take the watch, take it out of the water, and then they would put it under heat like a hundred degrees Fahrenheit. And then they would drop a drop of water on the crystal and they would look for condensation under the crystal. And if there, there was condensation, basically what it showed was there's a leak. So that did not pass the test. Yeah. Um, another thing that was interesting too, was for it to pass the criteria of depth pressure, it has to beat 25% of what it's marked for. So, for example, if it's a 200-meter water resistance, in order to pass the ISO criteria, it has to be 250 meters. Okay. So it's actually overpressured. Damn. Oh, nice. So there's a safety feature on that. Yeah. You know, so I started looking at some of the watches in my collection Mm -hmm. to see whether they say divers or not. Yeah. Right? So, because I'm OCD. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a good thing. And so what I noticed was like, I was looking at my Omega Planet Ocean, for example, and I looked at my Submariners and neither one of them said divers. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking about like, okay, well, what I've learned is that Rolex has their own criteria that they use mm-hmm. yeah. to be a diver's watch. And, and the other thing too, is just because a diver passes the ISO certification, that 6425 certification, 
just because it passes that, it doesn't mean they're forced to write divers yeah. on their okay. It's If they want to market dial. it as a diver, exactly. it has to have, yeah. And I exactly. think, yeah, there's something also with seconds because I know it, it made a lot of sense, but I didn't know that when I learned about the criteria is you need to have the small seconds on the watch for it to be yes. a diver as well. Because of the timing and also, you know, the bezel as well, because of the timing factor yeah, that you're yeah, needing yeah, to. Yeah, and to make sure that your watch is, you know, is working and is alive in the water. So I just at a glance, you know, okay, everything's good. Seconds are working. So my watch is working. Because if you don't have the seconds, well, you know, you're on the water, you're relying on it. Now, maybe not because we, we have other types of equipment, but, uh, you know, it could have been a life or death situation. So um, I will tell you that on that, Seiko Turtle that I have, the mm -hmm. SRP 777, it does say divers on there. Nice. So it, it passed the test. Nice, good. Oh, That's that cool. one, I, like, I love that one. A couple of other, a couple of other criteria also included like the saltwater resistance. Okay. So it would be submersed for 24 hours in salt water. There's a certain salinity level that it had to obtain, but mm -hmm. you know, whether or not it started corroding. Yeah, yeah, for corrosion, yeah, salt water, nice. There was a shock test that they also did. Mm -hmm. And it had to, it had to be able to withstand a fall of one meter, Nice. which I think about, you know, it's like one meter. Okay. That's, that's kind of high, but it's not really that high. It's not that high. But the thing is that, I mean, it can, you can drop it and depending on the angle that it's falling, sometimes it's totally fine. Oh, sometimes it'll yeah. shatter the whole thing and you'll be like, Ugh. well, even at a drop of a meter, it just, you know, move the, all those springs, like, um, the main springs and all of that kind of get shifted a little bit. So not but yeah cool but that's uh that's really uh that's really good to uh to know and to get a refresher on um yeah and, and that water resistancy I, I learned too that everyone used to use the word waterproof before and uh, you hear waterproof or you hear water resistancy I was taught wrongly um from what I've I'm I've been reading lately that um all the Rolex watches can be marketed as waterproof. And apparently that's not really true. Uh, so I apologize if I misled anyone. Um, from um, starting 1960s, the FTC, so the uh, Federal Trade Commission, banned the word waterproof for watches. And um, it, makes, it makes sense because their, um, their idea was for something to be waterproof, it needs to be always and forever waterproof. And you can't really guarantee that from any watches. There's too many you know, parts, components that at some point it's bound to, you know, uh, water is bound to um, get in. And so they were like, no, from now on, we're not going. You you can't use waterproof for your timepieces, regarding of the brand, right? But it, it's it's becoming now water resistancy. And there was a you know an interesting story about a Rolex that was lost during a fishing trip, and um, it was underwater for I believe fourteen months, hmm. if I'm remembering correctly, and. Um, when they found it again, it was at 100 uh, meters uh, underwater. And when they found it again after, you know, over a year, the watch, they wound it, you know, cleaned it a bit uh, on the outside and wound it and the watch was working. So it has great, great water resistance, but it's still, we still can't say that it's a waterproof uh, watch. And I thought that was very interesting because you hear those terms in interchangeable, um, but they're, they're not. Now we have to talk about water resistance and not waterproofness. And you're so right. If if there are some guys out there that are using their divers and getting it wet, we definitely recommend getting it checked, you know, mm. once every year, once every couple of years. Um, just because, as Leslie was mentioning, there are parts in there like gaskets that could dry up and then all of mm -hmm. a sudden it loses its integrity. And, and you know, you don't want to start having leak issues oh, in your no. That's like diver. the worst. Yeah. As soon as you have like water, they have to pretty much change everything. It's not just cleaning; it's everything starts to, uh, yeah, get like rusted or start corroding, and uh, so exactly. that's why, yeah, if you use your watch and the water very often, as a precaution, I would, yeah, I would send it for just a checkup um, every other year for sure, 
And uh, and it's not something that I personally would do with my watches simply because I mean, they're, they're not really getting in the, into the water. I mean, they did a couple of times maybe, but um, because they're almost never near water, I wouldn't worry about the you know that that aspect of the the servicing. But yeah, if you do get in the water, it's just a precaution. I mean, right, right. And you know what's interesting too is there are some divers that I have that I think about it being a robust watch and um and some of them i don't necessarily get wet Mm -hmm. but i like the fact that there's a shock factor there's a shock proof factor or that you know that there's a little bit higher level of you can beat them up versus Mm -hmm. um you know a dress watch for example yeah and it's nice to know that it's a watch that's been designed for someone who's going to wear it it's impossible not to knock your watch at, at least once or a few times if you wear it often it's bound to happen it's normal and to know that it's been designed with that thought process that yeah well this is going to happen it's very reassuring they really think of the end user they think of this watch as a tool watch and uh, that's um i don't know it's even more reassuring yes you know i I think i also remember hearing something a while ago and it talked about how when they do the ISO certification, it's not just a sampling of watches. It's supposed to be every watch is tested. Oh, okay. And I don't know what the validity is of that statement. Um, if anybody out there knows, yeah. um, please feel free to put comments in on Instagram or what have you, because I found it very interesting. Just think about how many Seiko divers, right? Wow. are produced and they've got to go through every single ISO test. Yeah. Is the test, um, is the movement already in the case and the watch or is it just the movement that's tested? I would think that it's in the, mo- I would think that it's in the watch because they're doing the pressure testing, the waterproof testing and, and the shock testing. Yeah. It, it's got to probably be in the case. Yeah, the already. whole, like the whole watch m- mounted. Right. The whole, um, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Hmm. That would totally, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, that's actually a very good question because I know it's done differently because do they do they test just the case mounted and not the movement in it and then they just verify water resistance? No, because then they test accuracy of the movement too. I got to think that it's brand dependent. Like, so Omega is going to do their testing and they're yeah. going to follow through with the ISO 6425 testing. Yeah, and, and they have their Metas testing, right? Which is like and they really, have the Metas yeah. testing, which I think is higher than, well, COSC, it's different yeah. than the ISO, but it's the, yeah, COSC. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah. Yeah, more stringent testing uh, with the Metas testing for sure. Yeah. Hey, so Leslie, a few episodes ago, we were talking about complications and the topic of dive bezels came up, which is, you know, at the it's one of my favorite complications. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, we talked a little bit about 60 clicks versus 120 clicks. And for those of you guys out there that aren't familiar with that reference, what that means is 60 clicks, it'll actually take an account for every minute and 120 clicks takes an account for every 30 seconds. So if you're wanting to time something a little bit tighter, tolerances, like if you're life dependent on it because you're underwater, then you probably want 120 clicks. Um, But, you know, Leslie, I just wanted to ask you, with some of the divers that you have, what's your take on 60 versus 120? Uh, What are your thoughts behind that? Uh, That's a very good question because I never really asked myself that question ever. So... uh, (laughs) Uh, no, that's very good. Um, uh, that's, uh, just, yeah. Um, so I, re- I really like the 60 clicks. Uh, I, um, you know what? I'm trying it on again with like my tutor and then I'm comparing with the, uh, Submariner. Yes. It's a lot, obviously it's a lot smoother with the 120 clicks, right? right. Uh, it's more precise in a way. Um, so, but I really don't need that complication. I mean, I, I don't dive. I don't use really my bezel for anything. It's a lot smoother when you turn it and it's very, very pleasant, you know, on, on, to the touch. Um, it also means that it's falling between, you know, those minute marks. 
And when it's not aligned, it bothers me a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I mean, I know it's supposed to be on the 12 anywhere or wherever you, you know, you, you wanted it to be, but uh, it's, you know, that, that little triangle is always at the 12. So that's not moving. Although I've, I feel like maybe I should have my sub checked because I can move my bezel backward, like half a second. A little, it's got a little play in it. <laughs> yes, it does. I don't know. <laughs> But I, again, I never really use it. And um, so, but yeah, it's very, very pleasant for sure. The 120. Um, I like the 62. I like how sharp it is. It's yes. very sharp. It's always falling on the minutes, so on the dots, on the markers. Uh, that I like. I like a lot too. Um, well, I don't know. I think for a diver and a tool watch, I would. I understand why you want half a second, but I would prefer probably sixty click because uh, okay. it feels more more rugged, um, more like yeah, like it feels sharper. While the uh, the smoother bezel feels a bit more sophisticated, and uh, I mean it's nice too. Don't give me. I mean it's. I'm I'm answering like. I have a preference only because you asked. Otherwise, I would say, I don't know. You know, I see <laughs> right. great thing in both. Like, you know, I don't like to choose. So It's 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 the pressure that I'm putting on you. And that's the reason I know, why you're answering. I see that. So, yeah, I would say maybe the 60 click. But, yeah, I mean, really that's not cool. by far. What about you? That's cool. You know, for me, I think it's the 60 click. I oh, like too? the 20. Okay. Yeah, I like the 120 um, aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows out there, I am not a diver. So I'm going to just say that. Um, when I am using my dive bezel, which we'll talk about in a little bit, why we use it or why divers mm -hmm. are in our collection, you know, I'm not, I'm not timing anything to the exact second. And if mm -hmm. I was a diver and I knew that I had to be up in 25, 30 minutes, I'll probably be up a little bit before then, just mm -hmm. in case yeah. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. just the type of person I am. But so for me, I agree with you. Like the 120, it's got that cool ratchety sound mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i love the 60 and i think about like on my tutors as well the the 60 click almost reminds me of like um like how the rolex gmt is or mm -hmm. it has that very pronounced you know movement and so i i do like that too as well so for me i'm in i'm in the 60 camp nice <laughs> yeah i like that uh, yeah me too yeah, I'm curious to see like what our listeners like, yeah. and what you know, what their experiences are with a 60 versus 120. Definitely, yeah. So, so f am I the only nerd that thinks about the 60 versus 120? I don't think so. I don't okay, think so good. at all. Yeah, good. no, it's just like, yeah, I never really um, thought about it. So, thank you for bringing that to my attention. For the rest of you guys out there that are thinking about this stuff, um, maybe we can all have a virtual coffee together. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, talk about, and, talk about that. and maybe you compare because that would be yeah. cool because that's, that's something you know watches sure they're visual it's something you know you see you like the design but it's also um a lot with like you know the the touching wearing and uh every crown like you know when you wind a watch all of the watches are going to be different they're all going to kind of sound different some you'll hear like the rotor more some not so much and the bezel and, and actually turning that bezel is part of like the experience too. And so that's very, very important. It's part of yeah, why agree. you love a watch so much or, or not that much. And, and we talked a little bit previously about internal bezels and external bezels. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm hopefully one day able to add a uh, diver with an internal bezel. Mm -hmm. I love those IWCs yeah. and even the Longine, yeah. they, yeah. they make a cool one with internal bezel. Yeah, the Polaris too from Jaeger. And those are smooth. There's absolutely yes. no clicks. Uh, the Aqua Timer as well. It's really, really just smooth. And and, and it's very, uh, very pleasant as well to uh, to manipulate. And I've got to think that's kind of be one of the more precise ways to lock it in place because mm -hmm. you are locking it literally in place because mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. adjusting it, like you said, in a smooth fashion. And then you have to screw that thing down and and lock it. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. So Leslie, how do you use your dive watches? Well, um, another great question. How do I, I don't really use the bezel much, like if at all. And I generally wear it lately because, well, I know we tend to not really go out as much with what's going on, but um, 
the reason why I would pick a, a diver would be mostly for the style. I really love to mix both the you know the rugged the uh, the tool watch aspect with something like you know like dressier. Like I love a suit with a sub. I think right. it works just really great together. Uh, I see a lot of ladies wearing Daytonas or, and I know it's not, it's not a diver, but they are like really using it on top of like knowing about those watches. They, they're making it more of a fashion statement too. Um, so I think that's kind of like what I'm using it for. Sure. I'll wear a GMT because, you know, there's that GMT function on it. That's very useful for me because I have family overseas or when I travel or used to travel, um, but yeah, I've never really uh, used the uh, the bezel uh, as like a way to remind me of like, um, you know, like some time or there's no alarm. So even if I, you know, put my bezel in a certain way, I'm just simply going to forget about it because there's no like reminder. There's no chime. There's no like, you know, any sound that would alert me. So because I'm, I tend to kind of forget things when I start something, then I move on to something else and... Um, so using the bezel for like timing, for example, uh, <laughs> you know, that's so funny that you say that because I do use my, that bezel yeah. for things that I'm timing for 60 minutes or less. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's like the typical, right. Everybody uses it for cooking. So you, when to flip next, you put your meat down and you put your timer on and you or don't what have forget you. you don't you know get to think or do something else and then you're like oh damn i forgot because there's like no reminder in some ways no i don't forget wow, actually okay. which, which is kind of crazy because i keep looking at my watch now that being said put a chronograph on my wrist and i've totally forgotten i mean like i will be like three hours later i'm like oh gosh it's yeah, still running well, that's exactly me like i put my coffee like in the microwave when it's cold and i have to reheat it 10 times because i keep forgetting that it's there like right. that's the kind, even if I would use my, my watch to remind me, and there's a chime on, on my microwave. So I would, no, that wouldn't work. But hey, kudos to you. I'm, 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 I, I find it really fascinating and I admire that a lot. And I think it's because it's a shorter time frame. If maybe, it was yeah, longer, maybe. like I've tried timing, like when I, if I'm flying, I, I try to time on a chronograph, like when I actually take off, when, mm -hmm. when it actually lands, like flight time. Yeah. And I remember like, oh my gosh, my chronograph is still running. I'm picking up my luggage from baggage claim. I'm like, wait a second. I didn't stop the watch because <laughs> it's so long, right? Yeah. <laughs> I lost total attention. <laughs> no, but that would be me for even like short, like really short period of time. So right. um, yeah. Well, that's funny. That's uh, good. No, but you're using it. That's awesome. All right, Leslie, I might be weird on this, but this is another way I use my diver's watch. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm the only one doing this either, but like when I have to make sure that I don't overextend my parking, like say for example, I put change in there and I want to remind myself when I actually put, you know, or started the parking meter. Mm -hmm. What I do is I take the loom pip at the 12 o'clock position mm -hmm. and I put it right on where the hour mark is. That's, that's a really good uh, idea actually. Yeah. So if I have two hours, right on the parking then it tells me like where i started and the hours will move for two hours you know what i'm gonna like try that because i always use my phone and it's just like oh okay well i you know it was like that time and and i'll remember the minutes and but that's actually really like even more accurate in some ways and you don't really have to wonder like okay so was it two hours or less or i'm gonna try that that's uh yeah, yeah. cool yeah, definitely. Yeah, why am I even wearing a watch? Honestly, I'm not even using it. <laughs> so it's generally not even at the right time. Because you're a watch enthusiast. I That's guess. what it is. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh. Hey, Leslie, can I tell you a crazy watch story recently yes, that just happened yes. to me? So, so I was, my family and I, we were all out one evening at the Super Bowl experience, mm -hmm. right? Because you guys know I live in Tampa. So we were mm -hmm. out there just kind of checking everything out. And um, I wore my uh, Panerai. Mm -hmm. It's a manual wind. Mm -hmm. And I started, uh, you know, the night at the right time. And later on that evening, my wife was telling me, like, that's the wrong time. That's the wrong time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to get my Panerai serviced. <laughs> Come to realize that it wasn't fully wound uh. when I put the watch on. <laughs> so 
pro tip for everybody when you put your watch on and you rotate watches try to make sure that you put a full wine on it so you don't like <laughs> tell the wrong time that that happened to me too one day and i felt so silly uh i was like you know like um at a store total wine right i was like looking oh, into yeah. bourbon because I'm, I'm learning about bourbon and sure. it's 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 a great store people know a lot about like wine and spirits and so I'm talking to this guy who has a tag on and we're, I don't know why we started talking about watches, right? And he's like, oh, so what do you have on? And I'm like, well, I have an Omega. It's the Moon to Mars Speedmaster. And I show it to him, right? Because I'm, I'm proud. I love this watch. We start talking about it. And he's like really, you know, staring at it. Like he's really looking <laughs> at it. And then he looks at his watch and, you know, we keep continuing. Like we, we continue talking about watches and it lasts a certain time. Um, he's also telling me, you know, he's looking for an Omega at some point, blah, blah, blah. And so finally I leave, you know, I got what I was looking for. I leave and, and then I stare at my watch and I'm like, oh, that's such a good looking watch. Right. And then I'm realizing, damn, I didn't wind it and it's not working. <laughs> it's a manual <laughs> it's one a too. Wrong, it was the wrong, wrong time. time and it wasn't uh, working at all. So in front of that guy, I'm like, yeah, I love watches. It's so cool. We're talking, you know, we're, we're being very happy about it and, well, in the meantime, yeah, that, that's, that's the reason why he kept staring at it and then looked at his watch. He's like, well, that, that thing isn't working. Is it even a real one? <laughs> <laughs> you should have got that tag. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my God, I swear. It's, fu- it's funny, oh, though, when, we, when those little moments happen about watches. And, you know, I don't know. It's cool. It is funny, but it's, yeah, it's, it's on the moment you're like, well, great. I'm, I, I may have made a fool out of myself, but that's okay. Okay. That's all right. Yes. He'll see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. Well, anyway, back to divers watches. Mm-hmm. I know you've got a collection of watches. I'm curious if you wouldn't mind sharing like some of the divers in your collection, maybe why they're there. And uh, if you have any watches, divers that you're looking at adding in the future. Oh, yeah. So I do. I started with the... Um, the Tudor Black Bay, so the Black Bay Noir, who is the ETA movement. And then I added, uh, maybe a couple of years later, two or three years later, I added a sub. And um, recently, last year, I added the Tudor, so the Black Bay 58, the navy blue. I really like divers. Uh, I don't love them as much as you do, for sure. And... Um, you know, when I have to choose between two styles, well, it's it's still surprising because I still end up, you know, picking a, a diver because I feel like it's just so easy to wear and so versatile and it just simply looks really, really good. There's quite a few divers that I really enjoy. Um, so even though it's probably not the style that, that I love the most, but because mm-hmm. it's the style that I wear the most, it's probably the one that that's why i have like three in my collection probably uh, i have my mark 18 who's you know swam in in the ocean and in the swimming pool a few times it's not a diver <laughs> though <laughs> it's a pilot but hey but you've tested that water i did i made an exception and it went fine it was totally fine cool so yeah cool. Yeah. And there was a little salt water too, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. And you know what? It just looks so good. Everything with salt, well, maybe, I don't want to say everything, but most watches with salt water just, I don't know, it gives a little thing to yeah. it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what, that's cool. Yeah, what about you? Because um, you have quite a few in your collection. Hey, so Leslie, mm-hmm. if you were to add a diver, what would that diver be? <laughs> Did you did you notice I tried to dodge that question? I, I heard you. I, okay. Exactly. I'm going to be pushy about it. <laughs> Saw you trying to sneak out and. Oh gosh! If I were to add a diver, well, that's a very good question again. Um, well, depending on you know on money, obviously. Uh, I think my favorite diver uh, is the Panerai, the Bronzo. Oh, nice. Yeah, any any one of them, honestly. Uh, absolutely any one of them. I just love this watch. I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect for the function of, like, you know, the, the diving. It just, yeah. Um, of course, a little higher price point. 
but yeah, if I were to add, you know, in, in my dream, um, I would add a bronzo. I know I really, I really love the Doxa, the turquoise. And I don't really know so much about this brand. I'm just learning about it, right? I mean, thanks to you, actually. <laughs> and um, this, I don't know. I can feel like it would be perfect, you know, in Key West during the summer, you oh, know. Yeah. or Well, summer, it's really hot here. But like, you know, maybe spring, so it's actually tolerable outside. Uh, right. But yeah, like you're wearing that turquoise dial, Doxa. The bracelet looks amazing. And it has that island vibe to it. Even like the, you know, in, like the one that you have in orange is, is perfect. But that would be first, well, actually, like the Panerai would be for the look. Um, and that would be maybe a little bit more, um, yeah, like a fashion statement because, you know, the color is cool. But it's at the same time, you can really get it wet, right? And and just use and abuse it. It's um, it's it's great looking, very summer, very Florida and very Key West, honestly. So, Absolutely. Um, so yeah, but yeah, bronze the bronzo first. Oh, for sure. That's a good one to add, though. That's yeah. a great piece. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? So for me, I like you mentioned, I'm very fortunate to have a few different divers in mm-hmm. my collection. Um, I've got a couple of subs. I've got a couple of uh, doxes. Mm-hmm. I've a few seikos, and you know, I I've been fortunate enough to have experiences with various different. Um, Divers. In fact, you know, mm-hmm. when I really started this watch addiction, um, it started with a an Omega Planet Ocean. It was the XL. And, you know, that just, you know, that look aesthetically, I gravitate towards that look of mm-hmm. that diver. Yeah. I love the aesthetics of yeah. a diver. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, you know, I, I forgot. I also have tutors. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's the first one that I th- like thought about because that's the you know that the that's the one that you bought from me and that's the one that started yeah. it all. So uh, I immediately thought about that one. That's a, such a great looking one. And and there's so many brands out there that have divers and yeah, you know I don't think you can go wrong with some of the you know the pieces that are offered today. It just really depends upon what you like. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I kind of, I try my best to rotate them as much as possible and I'll wear different things. We talked mm-hmm. a little bit about in a and a how you rotate too. And, mm-hmm. and to me, I just try to rotate through them and every single diver of mine, and it could be my Black Bay and my Black Bay 58, mm-hmm. everyone has a different vibe to me, yeah, almost like yeah. a different energy. Mm-hmm. And so my energy of the day I try to sync up with the energy of that watch. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I said, I'm very fortunate to have the opportunity to have various divers in my collection. Again, it is my favorite type of watch. Mm-hmm. And if you were to ask me like what I would like to add mm-hmm. in my collection, you know, as I approach my fifties, when I turned 50, I would like to add a Rolex Submariner bluesy, whatever the newest mm, one. It's yeah. probably going to be the 41 millimeter um, just to kind of commemorate I my 50th birthday. I see a lot birthday. of this one. This watch, I see a lot of pictures. I don't know if it because you started talking about it. Well, you started talking about it for a while, like maybe a year, maybe two years actually. Mm-hmm. And yeah. But lately I see a lot of photos of this one online, like Facebook groups, even Instagram. It's, uh, it's such a beautiful watch. Yeah, they're neat watches. You know, and... I'm sure there's a Seiko coming up as well in my collection. Yeah. Who knows? I'm a fan of Seiko uh, divers. But, you know, when you talked about the Bronzo, there's always been that one watch that I wasn't able to, and who knows what the future holds if I'll ever be able to put a, a cool example of this watch. But mm-hmm. one that I liked a while back, and I still do, is that Panerai Pam 305. And that is the 47 millimeter titanium diver yeah 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 and that's yeah. the one with the p9000 movement it was mm-hmm, the first mm-hmm. the first 47 millimeter pam nine uh, i'm sorry it was the first 47 millimeter p9000 movement diver that they made and i thought that that's just so neat that watch mm-hmm, yeah 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 and the fact that it's titanium doesn't make it very heavy although it's like a big chunk of a watch it's um, a chunky watch, but you're right. It's going to be light because it's titanium. Yeah. It's very, they're, they're rubber, super comfortable. I mean, I've, 
I've had so many of their uh, um, submersible panorais on the wrist, mm-hmm. and all of them are so great. They just look so amazing. And if you like big, big watches, I mean, they just they look big, but they don't look as big as what you would think. And I know a, a lot of people felt that way. They were like, "Oh no, that's way too big for me." I mean, but they would they would try it on and be like oh, well, I didn't think I would like it so much uh, or that it would fit so great. And even on my wrist, and I don't really have a, a big wrist, it's mm-hmm. just uh, it just looks so good. It really, really does. I love their titanium. Um, yeah, great, great watch overall. And for me, I know that the the that, that particular diver for Panerai has evolved, right? There are a few mm-hmm. modern offerings at this point. But for whatever reason, that PAM 305, maybe it's because it's the OG, right? And for me, it's kind of like, that's what yeah, you like that. You like the, yeah. yeah. You're, you're a, a purist in a way. And that's, uh, that, but that's good. That's good. It means you know your history. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. You know, the one that I forgot to, to mention, it's the I turtle. I know. I was like, when is that going to come out? I didn't want to push right? it, but I was like, I, mean, it's I just know in that my mind, kind I of... already own it. That's why I think it's in my mind. It's like already part of the collection, even though I didn't get it. It's, right. it's yeah. So yeah, maybe that's why, but I love this one. I can't believe how good it felt to wear it, how good it looks. It's just such a badass watch. It really, really is. The price point amazing, but it's just overall... I just loved, and, and I didn't wear it for so long, like, that, you know, just maybe a few minutes. Right. But I don't know, it was an instant, like, something clicked. So, yeah, I can't believe I forgot that one. So there you go. I fixed my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a cool one. That's definitely a cool one to add to your yeah. collection. So, sure. so I guess we've come to the part of the episode that Leslie loves so much. It's our favorite part of the episode where we have to go ahead and pick our top three divers ever in the world. (laughs) What do you say, Leslie? You want to go first? (laughs) Are we sure we said on three? (laughs) What do you, what do you want? (laughs) 10? Well, we started with three and then I was like, well, maybe we could do five plus, you know, a bonus one. Let's Uh, let's mm. see how it goes. (laughs) Okay, well, ah, uh, mm. oh, damn, you're making me choose again. Um, I have such a hard time choosing. This is so bad. My favorite, my favorite, honestly, divers, really, like divers, mm-hmm. I would pick, if you ask me for three, I'm going to pick three bronzo. Um, it's not wow, because okay. I like imagination or because I really love my sub. I love my tutor more than anything um, but when you say diver, I have such a look in mind and, uh, the bronzo just fit it perfectly right now. It just, um, really changes with, with view. And, and I'm of course thinking of Andres, uh, you know, bronzo and how he's using it and how good it looks. So if I were to really not design, but just pick my favorite look. I would pick sure. a bronzo. And I love this watch so much that, yeah, the top three, I would get the three of them. Uh, I mean, they technically, I think, made four. Um, mm-hmm. I love the the brown that, one, the last one that was released. Mm-hmm, yeah. Is, is that your fourth one then? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the fourth and the, you know, if you were like telling me the, the fifth, because then there's that dark side and there's that turtle. Where do I fit them? So. Five and six. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, no, but it's really in terms of, of, of favorite. And and when you tell me divers, and it's true, the you know, uh Tudor Black Bay 58 is a diver. The Submariner is a diver. I love the Deep Sea. The Deep Sea is a great looking watch too. Um the Deep Sea would be more in my mind of like, you know, like a diver, more of a diver than a sub. And and I know the sub was a diver originally, right? But mm-hmm. um the the look of that rugged, but still the details. I love the bronze, the material that Panerai is using. Not a lot of people can rip I don't want to say replicate because that's not the right word, but not a lot of um, brands can make such a bronze. It just looks, it's warm, but it, it has that amazing vert de gris, so that amazing patina. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get dark um, like some of the other bronze watches do. Some of them just kind of get dull and gray and a little bit black. And, 
you know, it's, if it's a look that you love, great. It can look really great. I love the Tudor bronze. It looks really good. But I think in terms of like diver, bronze is so important in terms of like material historically. It's such a great looking watch. It ages so well. So yeah, I would simply pick, you know, the brown one, which is like the um, 968. And then uh, they made a version with the blue, the 671. And then they, they, the the first one, you know, really the original, which is the um, the 382, that one was released released in 2011, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and you know, that's kind of like the original one. So yeah, I would pick that one for for that reason. Yeah, those are, those would be the three. Honestly, if you're asking me to pick a dive watch, yeah, that's that's that, what I'd pick. That's awesome. I love your commitment to <laughs> that particular model yeah yeah my love and obsession i'm very obsessive in case you you know haven't noticed so (laughs) well this is our first um what what, what's interesting to me is we've always talked about evolution right and how people evolve and how collectors Mm -hmm. evolve and stuff so you know it'd be interesting to to see a year from now what our take is on divers yeah definitely definitely things will be out in the market and stuff like that too and it'd be interesting to see like how things might change or not change yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure. And uh, yeah, we can definitely revisit that because I know we will, I know our taste might change, it's something new will come out and we'll be like, yep. oh my gosh, I can't believe this didn't exist before. Now it makes so much more sense. And um, But yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm guessing uh, in a year from now, you'll probably have that turtle SRP Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, for yeah. sure. I'm, I'm still surprised. I don't even know why I don't have it yet. And here's the thing, like you said, summer's coming. I mean, that's like the perfect summer watch around here. Yeah, it is. The rubber, I think, but didn't you change the rubber strap on, on yours? I did. I actually changed it to a Zulu diver yes, strap. Yes, 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 yes. And yeah, it's and that's, like a tropic strap. It's a really comfortable strap. That's the one that I wanted exactly the same. I, I probably will get the, the J version instead of the K. <laughs> You're so bougie. <laughs> I said it. I love- teasing you on that <laughs> <laughs> she's teasing me but she'll she'll get the j version it's fine <laughs> but yeah we get that zulu strap too it's just like yeah. i don't know i just clicked cool. so yeah mm-hmm. you, you you did such a great job was was that strap and that wash for thank sure. you i appreciate mm-hmm. that you know if there were top three divers for me mm-hmm. i am so fortunate that I have the top three already really in my collection. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And, oh, that's and awesome. For me, it for me, it's the Submariner, it's the Seiko SLA 017, and the Doxa Sub 300. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I'll speak a little bit about each one of them. So Submariner, you can go from 5513 all the way to the most recent iteration that just launched last year, which was the 41 millimeter, right? So yeah. you can go through anyone. Pick the one that you like. Yeah. It doesn't matter. For me, to me, it's just like, it's the Submariner. And for me, the one that I choose is the 14060M, which I have. It's a four-liner. Yeah. Um, and that particular watch, for me, I think about the history of Submariner being one of the top, or the, being one of the first three brands out mm. there to come up with divers. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing is the the. SLA 017, that Seiko, it's that limited production. There were only yeah. 2,000 that were made. I was very fortunate enough to get one into my collection. That watch has so much rich history as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge fan of that watch for even its technical aspect of that watch. Um, the watch in itself is different from other Seiko prospects in that it does have a higher level of... Um, any of the SLAs are going to have a higher level of detail with that watch as well as a higher level movement too. Mm, yeah. So I'm a fan of that one. And mm-hmm. the other one too is the Doxa Sub 300. Yeah, I mean, and the so Sub so 300 that I have is the 50th anniversary. It's a limited edition. They're only 300 made. It's not the new Sub 300 that they have today, which, you know, is still a fine watch. I mean, it's still yeah. a good watch. A great diver. But for me, it's the exclusivity of having 300 pieces. And I have the professional. It's the orange one. I'm a huge fan of history of the watch. And I appreciate you saying to me about, you know, being a purist. Because to me, 
there's like the history behind these watches. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where part of my passion as a watch enthusiast is. Yeah. 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 Nice. Those are three really great choices. Yeah. What, what do you think about the, the Blancpain, the 55? I, I like that watch. I have yeah. a lot of respect for that watch. I don't know if I'll ever see it in my collection. Um, I think that that brand doesn't resonate with me at this time in my collecting yeah. phase. I'll put it yeah. that way. Okay. Who knows, right? In a it's year or two, three it, yeah. years from now, that might change. Mm -hmm. But I love the history behind it. Um, and I just, right now, I think that watch is very cool. Um, but I just don't see it in my collection at this time. Okay. What do you think about it? I, I love this watch. Um, I love the bezel. And I know, you know, we were talking about, but that's sort of like bubble bezel um but again it, i think i mean i can totally see one in my collection for sure nice. um i love the one that they made with um in collaboration with hodinkee i'm not really big into collaboration i mean for me really it's not just because they made a collaboration that oh my gosh i need to get it or or it's so great or it it, it needs to have like a real meaning uh, and mm -hmm. a real like um you know a design so I really love the one that they made with Houdinki for sure. Uh, I s totally see one in my collection. Like at some point, I mean, you know, soon would be would be great because I really, really do. It is considered a diver for sure, and it you know with the history and all of that, it just look a bit sophisticated too for a diver. Uh, right. And that's in my mindset, that's why I didn't put it in my top three. Not because there's not a lot of, you know, there's no other watches, not, no other diver that I want. I mean, I love my sub so much. And like I said, I love my tutor so much. But um, it doesn't have that rugged feel that I'm looking in a diver. It doesn't mm -hmm. have that, like, you know, well, let me, you know, not be afraid to beat it up or, um, I mean, I, I couldn't wear that 50 fathom on, on the beach at all. Like, no way. Um, and it's a little bit sad, yes and no, because, yeah, it's meant to be underwater. That's how it was designed. Right. But it just looks too good, new or, you know, without scratches, without dings. And um, that's why I love... Mm -hmm. Almost a little too dressy. Yeah, it looks, yeah. it really looks sophisticated. I mean, mm -hmm. it really, really does. Yeah, sure. I've seen some um, sub um, being beat up. I love the ghost bezel on a sub. And, and I'm okay if it's like a little, you know, beat up. But it's not like really when I see it, it's not really how I want to wear it. Right. Um, 50, you know, the Blancpain, it's, it's the same. And um, yeah, I really, really love this watch, love the history. But at the same time... I don't feel like, yeah, I can go to the beach with wearing it. I can with, you know, um, with my tutor, no problem. Sure. Uh, and, and I would consider, you know, a tutor before me. Well, I mean, definitely before, you know, a Blancpain. Um, and not so much in the design, because I don't think that there's a design that's, you know, prettier or nicer than the other one. It's just simply, yeah, I think of a diver. I think of like, yeah, just scratches and dents. Yeah, it's. I guess it's the vibe that you get from yeah, that watch. It's exactly. got to click with you. Yeah, it's got to click with you. It, you know, yeah, and, definitely. And I just want to make sure the listeners understand, we appreciate so many brands out there yeah. that make yeah. divers because there are so many watches out there from, from Oris to Longines mm. to, my gosh, there's so many. Um, like I said, almost every brand makes a diver and we just can't mention every single one of no, them. No, 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 for sure. And it's really not saying like, it's really in this moment in time, right? This yes. is what we think. And because ask us tomorrow, ask us in a month, it probably would have changed. <laughs> yeah. Th this is February, 2021. And <laughs> yes. who knows, you know, it's going to change probably at the end of this year, next year, what have you. Totally. But I think about, you know, the, the conversation you were, we were just having, and you talked about the um, collaboration. Mm -hmm. And one of the watches, one of the divers that I kick myself in the butt for missing, and it was, I think it was really tough to get because I tried, but it was the collaboration between the Oris and Hodinki. Yes, 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 yes. With the jean strap, jean, like um, the material. Is, no, isn't that that one? 
No, this one was the one with the ghost bezel on there. And it was, um, I forgot how many, it was limited, but it had this ghost bezel on there. And it's just a beautiful, it was the Diver 65 Oris. I think it was in a 39 millimeter, 40 millimeter case. I mm-hmm. think it's 40 maybe. But um, they did this collaboration with Hodinkee. And man, I... I was not fast enough to get that piece, but that was one that I wish that I could I have added to my collection. It, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of the Momotaro. The oh, one with yeah, the gene. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were cool talking, too. but no, that's a different collaboration. Yeah. Yes. The one with the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's a very, very, very good looking one. I love the ghost bezel. That collaboration is like a cross between what modern offers and like mm-hmm. that vintage vibe. Yeah. When you look at that crystal, and you look at just the way that bezel is meant to look faded. Uh, and then it's got the riveted bracelets and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Maybe yeah, one yeah, day. Okay. Hey, definitely. If uh, the occasion arises. That's it. Well, Leslie, was there anything you wanted to share or add? Um, you know, I think, uh, I mean, there's just so much. And I know I focused on my research, at least a lot on, on the history. And, um, we didn't really, you know, talk about that, but that's, that's fine. I think we've, we've already said a lot for, for this episode for sure. Yeah. We might have to add stuff or maybe we can even put it on the, on our website when you guys yeah, look it up on definitely, the yeah. website. Definitely, definitely for sure. Yeah. But thank you so much for your great input. And you as well. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you everybody else out there for listening and spending time with us on bezel banter. Please hit the show notes for more details and links. You can follow us on Instagram. Leslie is at Ladies Wrist and I'm at Ernesto Guapo 72. And you can follow the show on at Bezel Banter Media. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to reach out to us on bezelbanter at gmail.com. And please subscribe and review wherever you find your podcast because it truly helps us out. Additionally, you can grab this episode and other episodes at www.bezelbanter.com. Thanks again, and we look forward to catching up with you next week on another episode of Bezel Banter. Thank you. Thank you.